Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Thursday, November 7th. Again, a little bit of a calm in the tennis world. Finally, we don't have 30 different events across seven different continents to follow. Things have slowed down. Event, the a big event on everyone's mind, the next-gen finals going on in Milan on the ATP side. Eight of the top 21 and under players in the world all gathered in one place. It's the, you know, ATP year-end finals light. We get to see the best of the rest. The past two years, the winner of that event have gone on to semifinal spots at the Australian Open. He on Chung in 2017, Stefano Tsitsipas last year. So hopefully we will see that trend continue with the winner that emerges this year. Joining me to talk about that, to talk about the next Knoxville challenger. And of course, when he's on the show, we got to talk a little bit of tennis betting. It is our tennis channel insider, writer for tennis.com, Brian K. Kale Hammond. Kale, welcome back to the mini break. Wow, thank you. No one's called me Brian in a long time. I appreciate that. I figured I'd, I want to stand out from the rest, and maybe when I get mad at, at you from here on in, I'll be like, Brian? No, you don't get mad at me. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think I would deserve <laughs> that. No, no chance. Yeah. I don't think I could get mad at you. You're definitely right. Well, I know you have been busy at Tennis.com. Tons of different articles. I, I don't even know which one to plug. So before we get into the action, can you talk about what you've been up to? Yeah, I'm just enduring the home stretch of an incredibly long season. And I, NBA writers always talk about, you know, the trade deadline. They're not getting any sleep. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're working so hard. And I'm like, I'm getting great sleep, and I'm not complaining at all. <laughs> but my God, this is a long season. And one of my one of my coworkers today, we were talking, and he was like, yeah, the ATP, they just – they just can't, you know, they can't let it end. They're like, all right, let's give the ATP Finals players an extra week off and let's throw a fake tournament in between. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's they say it's hard for the players. It's just as hard for the writers, the mini-break podcasters. That's not true. That's it's not, not true. But, but, but yeah. it, it is, it yeah. is hard, you know, you know, you know, it's tough. It's a long, long season. A little break, you know, goes a long way. And the good part is these players keep providing us fantastic tennis and storylines to talk about. That's why we do this every day on the mini break. And with that in mind, let's get into the action. The place you and I are going to start today, obviously with those next-gen finals in Milan, to remind our listeners what the field looks like. This was day two of the event we saw today. The groups are Francis Tiafo and Ugo Umbert with Mikhail Yimmer and Yannick Sinner. The other group, Alex Dimenauer, Miomir Kasmenovic, Kasparu, 
Giroud, Alejandro Didovich, Fokina. Those four groups, much like the World Tour Finals, the top two emerge into a semifinal bracket from each group. One plays two from those groups and moves on to the final. Obviously, there's money at stake per win as well. And with the funky format, to remind the listeners, they're playing sets up to four. It's no ad scoring. Regular tie breaks when it gets to three all, but it's an abbreviated format. The winner of the match still has to get to 12 games, much like a two out of three set match. But between the funky scoring format, the funky courts, there are no alleys. And, you know, we weren't born before the 1990s, Kale. So this is weird for me. I imagine you feel the same way. The crowd's moving. There's no towel boys. Uh, We talked about this a little yesterday, but what have you thought of the abridged format? I know it's year three, but it still throws me off every time I see it. Yeah, I mean, there's so much going on, so you really need to, you know, parcel it down. So it's specifically the abbreviated format, you know, what are we talking about? We're talking about the scoring, going the games to four, you know, tiebreak at three all, or are we talking about the no-ad scoring, which I think is, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. Which one? Well, here's the thing on all of it is... As we've mentioned, this is a long season. So for these young players, not only is it a highlight for them, although for Tiafo it's time number three, but a chance for them to step out and say, hey, I have accomplished as much as a young player and I'm being recognized for my accomplishments. But then it is the fact that, yeah, they want to have some fun at the end of the year. So it's both. It's the abridged no-ad scoring, the shorter sets, the fact that they get to talk to their coaches, there's more statistics available. Just all of it in general, I think it adds to the allure of this event, Kale. Would you agree? The cool thing to me is how it's like sort of served as like a birthing ground for, you know, new rules and innovations in the ATP. I mean, it, the, the shot clock started there and, you know, the, the towel racks are interesting. All this, everything's interesting. But the fact that they're just using it as an experiment and saying what works doesn't work. I love that aspect about it. That's probably my favorite part. And the wearable technology that they're wearing, you know, it's tough because we don't have any access to it, but the players and coaches do. But just the, the, that step in the right direction, because we can talk about this later, but like the data, like advanced data in tennis is extremely hard to come by. No, I would completely agree with you. I would also say that it just because the commentators seem to have access to these things during the match. So it's things like five to nine shot rallies. Who's winning those? The longer points, the shorter points. We can watch as much Francis Tiafo as we want, and it's very clear there that the, his opponents attack his uh, his forehand with their serves. But these stats, you're seeing, yes, 67% of first serves on the deuce side are going to the outer third for Francis Tiafo to try and attack that forehand. These things are reinforcing, you know, the eye test. And in tennis, you're right, that is so rare to find. So that added aspect, I wish we had access to it. That's the only thing missing. Yeah, for sure. And the abbreviated format too, I've found interesting. I don't mind the games going to four and being short. I like that. But the no ad scoring, especially in singles to me, it just, it completely eliminates any aspect of physicality throughout the match. See, that's interesting because the match we can start with, the match that went longest today, Kasper Ruud, who took out Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, uh, 3-4, 4-3, 4-3, 3-4, 4-1. And now, obviously, you know, again, he won 12 games. That's your standard two out of three set match. But you look at the statistics from this one. I mean, it was a battle. It was a long match. You look at how long they were on court. I believe it was over the two hours. Yeah, you have two clay quarters playing each other. 
So, you know, you know <laughs> they're going to revert back to the just, like, let's rip balls and, like, make long points because that's what they both love doing. So it's going to feed into each No, not, not neither of those players are going to be like, all right, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to serve and volley huge, and I'm going to take the ball early, and, like, I'm going to rip winners super early in the, in the point. You know, well, here's those the thing. Guys, they were, uh, those guys yeah, were, they were content uh, to rally with each other. So, like, the two-hour match length, like, don't give me that. Like, you know, like, they did okay, that but, on purpose. That's not – that's not – that was by design. They were both having a blast. So that might be fair, but they're on court for two hours, 16 minutes. That would, That's what you want out of a tennis match. It's not like this format deprives us of a long quality match. Now you're right. <clears throat> in terms of on a per – point-by-point point basis, there was a lot of grinding in this one. Both of these guys happy to wait for their moments, although Davidovich Fokina can turn into a forehand. I mean, that guy is impressive, and I do want to, you know, what do you think of the youngster here? Because he's the fill-in for Shapovalov, a guy who has cracked the top 100 at the end of this season. A lot of that success coming on the challenger circuit, this is really his first shot with guys who, even though are only a little bit older than him, have been playing ATP-level events. I think the weapons are there. I like Davidovich Fokina. Yeah, his forehand's humongous. He said during the clay court season, he had he had some really good results on the ATP level, and it was you saw you know if you can hit the ball that hard, you're gonna be you're gonna be doing just fine. And rude same way the, the guys, especially on clay, you know the the force and torque that they can generate physically on every single shot, it's it's pretty impressive. And for yeah, Davidovich Fakina's forehand is, is 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 humongous, but yeah. See him go Better. down today. That was pretty scary. I know. It's ridiculous. Uh, in terms of his fall, yeah, you were wondering, was it another Andreski moment? Is he going to pull out? Or are we going to get another fill-in here? You wonder who they call, who the fill-in is on deck. Maybe it's like Elias Yimber. Uh, you know, because <laughs> I know he's a little old, but he's probably there. They're like, yeah, you can play. Whatever. Yeah, he's um, too old, but throw him in for the fans. <laughs> Yeah, he can compete. But all right, better pun. You know, rude awakening anytime Casper Rudd does something, or you've got to be Fokina kidding me. <laughs> Both those are fantastic. I'm not I'm not the pun guy. Those are those are fantastic. Yeah, oh my god. Jamie and I last night and this is not an exaggeration listener spent about 15 minutes and you got to keep in mind and Westoff can quack this, but we do this. <laughs> Yes, Kasmenovich. Yeah, today Kasmenovich stepped into manure. Um, see what I did there? Come on, <laughs> Westoff, give me a bad joke. Wow, beat, no, no, you're, wow, you're you're on fire right now. This is fantastic. It was a full breeding. I think uh, he sent me some other ones, and honestly, one he sent me was just not that good. I'm trying. I'll, I'll look at it later, but that gets me to the next match because uh, one of my favorite guys to talk about. You talk about young superstars coming on at the end of this year. Yannick Sinner, the Sin Man. He's in his home crowd, and he wins his first match yesterday against Tiafo. Obviously, he had a ton of success on the indoor hard courts on the ATP level, but now to come out today against Mikhail Yimmer, 4-0-4-2-4-1, I mean, a dominant performance. He looks like he's a class above these guys, like their ball is not enough to test him, and he can just sit and rip, and he looks so good when he's doing that. We haven't really talked about him before. But the guy, the guy's incredible. I mean, we haven't talked about him. you and me haven't talked about him. But like, I mean, I'm incredibly high on him. Obviously, as is most most tennis fans, as are most tennis fans. But for me, the thing that separates him is just like the first couple times you see him play, 
just like the cleanliness that he hits the ball with, and he never seems to shank it, and the sound that comes off his racket is something that you don't see very often. And, I mean, look, this guy got pretty lucky in the beginning of the year. In a tournament in Hungary, he was playing, and he lost in qualies. Or he, he won a round in qualies via a default, and then he lost to Yannick Maiden, uh, second-round qualies, got a lucky loser, and then he drew the local wild card, and he beat him in three sets in a tough match. The guy was 323 in the world. I can't even remember his name right now. But he beat the local Hungarian wild card. And then he got his first point, and then he started getting you know into these tournaments, and that was sort of kick-started his run. But once he got his opportunity... He capitalized it, and that, I think, speaks to his future and his talent more than anything, is that as soon as this guy got his like opportunity at the higher level, you know, he took it, and then he ran with it, and then he won a match in Rome, and then you know, the rest is history right now. The guy looks fantastic. He made Mikhail's best pro comparison look like Yimmer Fredette. That was the other one, by the way. That, that was the last one I just had to work that in. But yeah, Yannick Sinner, you talk about a story. This guy, in terms of his ITF junior ranking, he wasn't top 100. His career high was 133, and yet at the beginning of this year, he wins two challengers. He goes on to win four different events this year on hard court, indoor hard, and on clay. I mean, he's inside the top 100. Sure, he was a fill-in at this event, but it feels like the first time in next-gen history that there's an Italian wildcard who actually deserves to be there. I mean, Yannick has been that good thus far and yeah it's the explosion of his ground strokes is that he doesn't seem to fear the moment I would say athletically and I mean he's still so young right you look at this guy I think he was born 2001 so he's what like 18 years old he's still got a lot of physical development to do but he's not gonna like the way a Tiafo, a Dimenauer, a Yimmer move, you're just immediately impressed. Sinner, a little stiffer than those guys, I would say. But the weapons he has, I mean, he's ready to compete right now. He's just better at hitting a tennis ball. Yeah. The technique and the cleanliness and the sound that comes off his racket is that, you know, you have the eye test, but in tennis you have the ear test too. You know, when Del Potro hits a forehand, when Felix hits a forehand, certain players, when Nadal obviously hits a forehand, Federer too, Rublev, exactly. When these guys hit their shots, it sounds completely different. And for him, that's the same way. It sounds like a rocket coming off of his racket almost every time. And I remember saw him challenger highlights. He was playing, I think, Alex Bolt at a tournament. You probably know better than I do since you're watching most of those, but I just couldn't believe (laughs) I mean, the guy's consistency with the way he rips the ball is impressive. And it sounds sacrilegious, but I remember the first time I saw Novak Djokovic play. It was, I think it was at the 2006 U.S. Open. I was in eighth grade going, and he was playing on grandstand, and I didn't really know who he was, but I knew that this kid, I was like, okay. I was trying to be a pro tennis player at the time. I saw this kid play. I was like, okay, hopefully he's either you know a future great or I'm going to have to quit tennis. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm also totally stealing the ear test because you are 100% correct, especially if you've watched 
been at enough professional tennis events. As good as all of these guys are, there are players who just do it a little differently. Who you're like, ooh, like I mean, though the most obvious standout example is the Del Potro forehand, right? Any yes. casual tennis fan can be watching tennis for the first time and be like, that shot is ridiculous. <laughs> and you can hear it and you can look at it and it just passes both of those tests. But yeah, there is the nuance of the ear test, the explosion you hear off of certain guys. And Sinner's one of those guys. He passes that. The pop is there and some. Yeah, and it sounds different, you know, with all the players and the different gear they use. You know, Nadal's using a loosely strung uh, Babolat rocket ship launcher, and it sounds like, <laughs> you know, a huge pow when he hits it. And then Federer's using a little stiffer frame, and he hits it, and it's a lot more crisp, you know. It's like, pew. and then Djokovic, obviously... He doesn't hit it as hard as those guys, but he, you know, never shanks it either. I mean, he's unbelievable the way he hits it. And then Sinner's the same way. He sort of, he does remind me of, you know, Djokovic the way. He's just so solid off both sides too. That's the biggest thing, I think. You know, off both sides, he looks pure and it's pretty, yeah. pretty fun. Uh, again, he's still 18, and that's the most exciting part, is that he's producing this level of tennis already. And if you can't be excited about that, I mean, he's one of, him and Dimonau are two guys who clinched their spots today with wins. Sinner now 2-0. and He'll play Umbert tomorrow. A heavy favorite heading into that match, and keep that in mind, by the way, because that's something we'll talk about at the end since I have you here. But talk about the other guy who clinched for a second, Alex Dimonauer, who, with all due respect to how good every player at this event is how good their seasons have been given their age. He just looks a cut above everyone else. And Miomir Kazmenovic is a physically tough out. That's an IMG ball machine, right? A guy who's just going to sit back at the baseline, slap away with you, and just Alex Dimenauer, indoor hard courts. This guy's six feet, and like this looks uh, like it he, should be his but, best but, surface because it's, yeah. he's just a monster. He's sick on indoor hard courts. Yeah, he takes so much time away in the perfect conditions. He takes huge. He actually takes huge cuts at it, and he, he does rip the ball too. And in these, I think the perfect conditions because he hits he hits pretty flat, and the indoor is always going to help a flat ball hitter. This is disrespectful to this guy whom we love at Crack Records have had on multiple times, but it, or it's not disrespectful to him. It's a testament to how good Dimonauer is. He's a better Mackie McDonald, right? They do this in the same way. They're going to take that ball early. They're just going to hit that juggernaut forehand down the line that you didn't expect coming. They're quick as you know a freaking cat. They're just everywhere. He is that sort of explosive athlete. He's got it. Yeah, I think I think his serve might be a lot better. Than than Mackey's. I haven't I've seen him play in a while. I'm and you know watch him play in college. But Diminar's serving his serving statistics are always pretty solid. He makes a high percentage, and he he can hit a big serve. And if he gets a short ball off the off the serve, you know it's tough, and he'll get you on a string. And just it's a nightmare playing him. You think about if you're Kekmanovic, you were playing. You know you need a little bit of time to set up and hit your shot, and you only get like you know six or seven shots when you're playing Diminar, where you have like as much time as you're playing someone else who will let the ball come to them and then, you know, hit their shot. But Dominar just takes it so early. It's it's really fun to see players that have a magnet to the ball like he does, a lot like Gofen does, obviously Federer, Djokovic, players like them. them. But he he just has, you know, this this ball sense. He's like, he's, got, he's magnet, magnetized to the ball. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. 
Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. I, I don't, have you seen the movie Dodgeball? Yeah, of course I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. You know how Ben Stiller's character, White Goodman, he, he, when he goes, spare me, Lafleur, And just that's, you know, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. That's Hour. He's just like, spare me. Like, you think that's a winner? And <laughs> yeah. it's just like, he's going to track it down. And he's going to go big down the line. It also reminds me, I don't know if you're a Harry Potter guy, but in Quidditch, they're like the, the beaters who hit the thing that, like, flies at you. That ball that hit, yes. goes after Harry. Oh, my God. Like, the right. way... The way he swings at his forehand when he goes after it, that's what I think. It's like, wow, he's trying to harm someone with that forehand. Like, that's the way he's hitting that ball. Um, and it's just – it's he, special. It's he's different. The, he's got to be the favorite to win this tournament, right? Oh, without question. I mean, he's a guy who you throw him in every bet you make because you're like, that's center. a sure thing. Who do you think is going to make it? Obviously, they have to get there. But it's looking, it's looking pretty – Pretty, pretty certain that it's going to be demoralizing. Well, so here's the thing. Those two guys have clinched, and I, I, my favorite right now is Dimenauer, but you talk about the other guys they're going to have to play. That's a big thing because for Alex Dimenauer, he's going to play the winner of Mikhail Yimmer and Francis Tiafo tomorrow. Tiafo today staying alive with a 4-2-4-3-3-4-4-1 win over Ugo Umbert. I, I was going to say he got in the – he was stuck in the Tiafo – forced field but that's just like not a good pun so i'm gonna let that one slide but we can leave it in anyways um but for francis tiafo i mean we we talked about this yesterday so we don't have to go too much into depth his year has not gone according to schedule especially after the way it started in the australian open in miami but he got a win here he's still alive to make his first semifinal at this event in his three tries he's one of if not the oldest guy in the field he's got a very winnable match and in, in against mikhail yimmer a guy who yeah is one in one but mo- and mikhail yimmer has been very good this year 44 and 15 in terms of total matches but most of that success coming on the challenger circuit where he's accumulated four titles enough for him to crack the atp top 75 he's sitting right now at number 73 a career high uh, but i mean a tiafo dimenauer semifinal is spicy right like that's that that'd be a really fun match yeah yeah i definitely think francis is gonna is gonna get by i mean i guess we can talk about that later but i think he's gonna get by uh yimmer tomorrow i'm excited i think he's got a little too much firepower but yeah you talked about francis having a down year but it's at the same time the guy's like he's 21 years old you know he's made enough money, like you know, to last a long time, and he he's got you know at a certain point it's like he's enjoying himself, he's chilling, he's not in a rush, you know, to be you know number one in the world. In the world. I think I think he's having fun, he's enjoying it, and he loves entertaining. And did you see him today? The shots he was hitting, and the celebrations afterward. I mean, this guy's in his element right now, so I think he's going to use that momentum, and I hope he can make a late push because this seems like an atmosphere. You know, being able to talk to his. His homies on the headset and all the time, and just you know, keep him in a keep him in a good, fun mood. It's 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 pretty cool. I will always root for Francis Tiafo. I think he would be such a healthy personality for the tennis community. He's so inviting. He's so engaging. You want to root for him. He you know the, he gets the crowd on his back. That being said, to fall over after beating Ugo Umbert in a second round robin match the at the shot next gen final was insane. Yeah, but come no, on, no, 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 that was a hundred percent the shot. So just fire the bow and arrow. Anyone. He could be playing his freaking brother. No. 
and he would have done the same reaction, dude, because that's no. who he is. He loves it. Uh, come on. No, no I love – like I said, Francis Tiafo in all of tennis. I mean, there's no denying that. The guy has a booty. Um, but that being said, I mean, like, he's – I just fans thought they're, like, looking at you right now. Like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? Dude, I'm just saying, Francis Tiafo, seeing that thing in Kalamazoo in person, I was like, oh, that's why he's so good. I get it now. If I could push off with that with my legs, like, there, I would be a there, beast. <laughs> there's absolutely no overstating the importance of a huge, strong <laughs> in tennis. <laughs> absolutely. It's a like, fundamental right, feature. Move, I think we can move on now. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I, my point being, though, just fire the bow and arrow. You fired a dart down the court. Like, I just – the court he, falls he gave them a that. volley of bow and arrows, dude. He peppered yeah. them with targets. It was fantastic. Now, are you a Game of Thrones guy? Of course, of course. It's like when Rickon's running away in the Battle of the Bastards, and he's yeah. like, dude, he, first of all, he should have just swerved, but Ramsey's just firing bullets. That was Tiafo right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry for the reference. Um, but A dark yeah, I agree. Dark reference. <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. Uh, to uh, Rickon. Um, but yeah, I would say for Tiafo, it's exciting. I want to see him in the semifinals so badly, and you know that's going to wear on him in that match against Yimmer. And Yimmer's really talented, and when it's no ad scoring, anything can happen. But in terms of looking at tomorrow's matches, I mean, because that's a winner-take-all in terms of the other bracket. Davidovich Fokina has lost both, so... Rude Kesmenovic is a winner-take-all. You also have Sinner, Umbert, and as I mentioned, Dimenauer, Davidovich, Fokina. Let's go through the four. Let's let's make our picks, Kale. Who you got? We'll start with Tiafo versus Yimmer. Yeah, give me Tiafo here. All right, just uh, you think comfortable? You think it's going to go four? Maybe yeah, five? yeah. I think I think it's going to go four, maybe five. But I just think his you know his experience in this event plus. He's just got more game than Yimmer, dude. Yimmer plays great percentages. He's very fast. He's a great counterpuncher. He can hit fantastic shots. But if Francis is locked in and playing well, yeah, I think I think Francis has too much game. The battle of the huge forehand backswings, right? I mean, Yimmer's got to wind up, and he can smack it. But I think Tiafa's going to do a good job of taking away time, keeping Yimmer uncomfortable, not letting him get in a rhythm. I agree with you, so I'm going to take Francis Tiafa as well. By the way, I like when we agree. Let's keep those in mind. So on this, we agree Tiafa over Yimmer. Match number two, again, winner take all. Uh, Miomir Kasmenovic, who Indian Wells quarterfinals this year, has worked his way into the top 70. I believe he's sitting around number 60. He's going to play the banged up, but uh, fill in for Denis Shapovalov. De- certainly deserves to be here. All right, this is, this is for sure. Give me, give me the Serbian here without a doubt oh lock right he just yeah he just played Dominor today and that i mean can you just just what a freaking or no he played he, i can't i can't remember he played I, I lost my sheet he played kekmanovic yeah he played Dominor. right he just got it's rough rough so he's not playing a nightmare now and he's playing a guy who's going to give him a consistent ball give me the serbian over the spaniard indoors all day Let's also say Kasmanovic took it a Dimenauer set to a tie break. He also won a set 4-1, so good performance. I agree with you. Kasmanovic, a lock. They've played once before in a challenger in 2018 in China, outdoor hardcourt. Kasmanovic won 4-6-6-3-6-4. Again, we agree. Two for two, Tiafo Kasmanovic, so throw them in the teaser basket. Number three. Uh, Alex Dimenauer versus Casper Ruud. I, I've said every match he plays, I think he's going to win. Dimenauer, no lock. lock here. Lock. Lock. <laughs> Locked in, right? Lock. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. And I think then, we're on to something. We, we should, we and should, then we should, throw, we should maybe throw a parlay yeah. or something on this. 
Um, Umbert Sinner, lock for Sinman, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep keep it moving. So this is the dangerous one, though, because if a if you're a young kid, you're two and zero, you're living it up. You're like, I'm in the semifinals anyway. It's a lefty, hits big, gonna in get in Italy stretch. too, mind you. But no, he's too young. He's too young. He's too young. He's too young. Yeah, so th- he's focused. There could this be a his, let up. This is his. Oh, that's dude. True. He's playing. He's like battle of the best young dudes in Italy. If he wins this, he's gonna have some serious clout. Because no one knows yeah. who he is right now. People know who he is. He's coming on now. He's top. Yeah, top one hundred. Okay, blah, 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 blah. I'm just but saying. No one cares. If you get top one hundred, really, no one cares. No one gives a shit, dude. So you're, <laughs> you're moving on. You got for tennis. It's brutal. It's the way it is, though. Tennis, you got to be top. X, you know, you got to be really high for like to have that okay. international superstardom. So here's the thing: our guy Harelabob would say the reason you screw up a parlay is because you get excited about a young guy coming off of a big win, a ton of momentum. There's all these reasons Did to be excited you see for his you, and tweet then there's today? the letdown. Did you see no. his tweet today about Greg Popovich? Um, so Greg Popovich got fined two hundred fifty thousand dollars for resting, uh, you know, his starting best players on the, yeah. on the night of a back to back, and he tweeted. That um, now that it's becoming a thing and like Kawhi is out. Oh wait, tonight. the eight million thing. So he's like, he's like, yeah, he's basically tweeted like <laughs> when I used to bet. Whenever the media uncovered like the Popovich resting his starters on the back to back, the fact that it landed on a national game and like you know he he pop talked about it in a press conference. He lost a huge edge that he was betting. He said he lost four million in future earnings because he had it and no one else did. And then Pop announced it on the press conference, and the market adjusted quickly. Again, my dream, Kale. I know you know a lot of tennis players, but if I have ever out in LA and we're hanging, just the Haralabob hangout. That's all I want. I love the. I'm just so fascinated by him. <laughs> yeah, we can play some tennis for sure. He loves tennis. Yeah, a little mixed. Me and you versus uh, him and Rothman. I like a little. Or you and him versus what? me Did and Rothman. Did you just say mixed? What? Yeah. <laughs> I said mixed because me and Rothman are a couple. You and him are a couple. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's just where my head's at. Um, all right. I'm just saying that's where we could get in trouble but because we have three we really agree on. And if we agree on three, you're probably going to get good odds. Um, but with that bet in mind, I want to quickly throw in Knoxville to set the scene before we lay on my parlay. Before I lay out my parlay idea for you, excuse, excuse me. Um, by the way, so you're taking Sin Man? Yeah. Next All right, question. I like it. Yeah, okay, so the last event I want to talk about quickly, the challenger we have going on this week in America, part of the USTA Australian Open Wildcard 2020 Challenge. That, of course, is the indoor challenger in Knoxville. We have our round of 16 field set. In terms of those matchups, I just want to go through it. You tell me if it intrigues you, uh, and that's how we'll set the scene for Knoxville. Yeah, there's a lot to cover, so just go through it. I'm sure we'll get sidetracked, but but yeah. Brandon Nakashima on fire lately semifinals in charlottesville has played a ton of tennis of late though escapes today with a 7-6 in the third win over lucky loser lloyd glasspool he is going to play the winner of an upset on the bottom half jills brower knocks off number two seed Braden schnur a finalist last week seven five six three i saw this match schnur just did not play well nakashima brower any locks there or is that a stay away because nakashima Nakash- played so much gimme 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 no 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 gimme 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 dude i i interviewed this guy in fairfield he's the guy shows zero emotion when he's on the court, and he's really, really good. He just hits a super consistent ball. He moves really, really well. Yeah, I mean, you've, I'm sure you guys have talked about him. You guys have interviewed him. But 
he's really good, so I'm going to take him here for sure. Locke? Absolutely. Okay. All right, then I'm going to throw him in. All right, I will keep that in mind. Emilio Gomez, the number 10 seed here. Liam Brody, who knocked off Marcos Giron. Any interest or not really? Um, I mean, no. I think I think mm, that's a tough one. The British yeah, guy. Yeah, stay, like stay away. Stay away. Stay away, obviously. Because he's a lefty indoors, and Gomez, physical freak, played well in Columbus, but traditionally the USC guy, not that good indoors. Yeah. No, you got to take that. I think you got to take the Brit indoors. Agree. Stay away. Ooh, this one's interesting, but still, I think a say, stay away. Illinois, I want to say junior, senior, and All-American Alex Kofasevich knocked off number three seed Bradley Klein in three sets tonight. He's going to play Sekou Bangura, a three-set winner over number 16 seed Mitchell Kruger. Stay away or anything particularly intrigue you? He looked, he looked great, and he's probably going to have some confidence. I wonder physically how he's doing after you know a, a really intense... Big hitter, um, Illinois player, plays a ton of indoor tennis. Yeah, she sure does. I, I would definitely, definitely think uh, Kovacek. Is that his name? Kovacek is going to win. Kovacevic. He looked impressive. Kovacevic? Kovacevic, okay. yes. Kovacevic. I watched him play. He was on Tennis Channel playing today. He, he looked he looked pretty good. Yeah, really solid player. Gives my Wolverines fits every time we match up. Bangora, though, he's looked good of late. Got he's coming on, dude. He's coming on. That guy's a multi-talented, multifaceted young man. Golfer he, as well, correct? Yes, a fantastic golfer, fantastic piano player, world-class chess player. The guy's a beast. He's a renaissance man. And so, that you is know, why if, that if matches he, If he's catching away. fire in tennis, too, then, then you see. Honestly, his world ranking in, like, chess, golf, and, and all these sports was probably, like, you know, on par for his tennis ranking for like so at some point in his life, the guy's a beast. Which is why I stay away. Mm, I would, yeah, probably stay away. I, I, you know, yeah, the young guys used to know still in college. You just, you just don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know him well enough. All right, Michael Moe, who won his first match, knocks off Darian King in his second round, six two two six six or six three two six six zero. He's going to play the young lefty out of Baylor, Roy Smith, tall lefty, uh, who knocked off Dennis Kudla, seven six six two. Roy Smith, huge serve, huge forehand. It looks so good indoors. Uh, but Michael Moe needs wins, and, I mean, he's got a little rhythm here. The first time he won two matches in a row in quite a bit of time. He's, you know, got a, I think he's a, def- a former champion in Knoxville, not the defending champion, but, again, a guy who needs to make a push if he wants to go play Australian Open qualities. Who you got here? This is tough. I love the way Roy Smith looks on the tennis court and the way he hits the tennis ball. I, I can really get behind that. Someone who takes that, that kind of cut on the ball and his serve looks really pretty. His movement looks smooth. Uh, I, I would want to pick Roy Smith here, but at this point in time, I, I, I don't know. You know, maybe Roy Smith in a couple of years, but but right now, I would I would you know I don't know. See, for me, this is Michael Moe Locke. I love the patience he showed today against Darian King. To outlast Darian yeah, King, to win yeah. a set over him 6-0, that's the hardest thing to do. Yeah, experience-wise, obviously, the Moe's got the edge. I, I just, for some reason, I really like Roy Smith, the way he plays. I just, you know, I want to see him do well because I think he could do some damage because he's got some serious weapons. It's true, but I, I like when a lefty plays Michael Moe because Michael Moe, much more solid, I think, from the backhand side so that he's going to be forced to hit more backhands. This is a lock for me. That's why I bring it up. Michael Moe, part of something I want to ask you about in a little bit. So you, you agree with that or maybe stay away? Uh, so this is where we're going to – this is where it's going to be 
This is where we're going to disagree. This, because I no, I don't want to disagree. So I'm willing to adjust in order to not disagree. Uh-huh. I'm only doing something we're both confident in. Okay, we'll stay away. We'll we'll come back to that one. Yeah. Um, O'Con- <laughs> O'Connell Polanski. I don't have strong thoughts with all due respect to Peter Polanski and Chris O'Connell one way or the other. I'm staying away from this. O'Connell looked uh, unbelievable in Fairfield. The guy couldn't miss if he tried. He's shooting into the ocean. It was ridiculous. He was playing fantastic. I had no idea who the guy was. He came and won the tournament like with ease. It was really impressive. Um, indoors, Polanski's pretty good indoors. I don't. That's know. what I'm. A, that's what I'm saying. Peter Polanski indoors is a whole other monster. You can yeah. take the Canadian out of Canada, but you can't take Canada out of the Canadian. No, I think I think Polanski indoors. You know, that's tough too, though. I I just haven't watched enough of it to know exactly. That's why I stay away. Stay away. Um. All right. Just to move on quickly. Uh, JJ Wolf or uh, agree? Stay away. Is that fine? Stay away. Yeah, all right. J.J. Wolf, Ernesto Escobedo, I have too much emotional vested interest in both of these guys, so I have to stay away. You have to stay away. Ooh, yeah. This one, this one's Escobedo's been playing really well. Um, seems like he's got But indoors! Co- I know. I know. The Ohio State guy indoors. Mm. Mm. Stay away. Get Run. Sprint away from this match. Yeah, stay away. But this is this is a good chance for JJ Wolf to, you know, get a, a pretty a pretty important win. I think. Yeah, it's one of, it's one of my favorite matches of the day, no doubt to watch. I mean, JJ has not had a lot of success on the pro tour outside of Ohio Challengers. So all of these results for him, he wants to play in Australia too, and he's right around that ranks. But he's also got a bunch of points coming off earlier in the year because he did win that Columbus Challenger in January of this year. So big match for both guys. Ernesto, same thing, right around the Australian Open Quali's cutoff line. I'm sure he wants to get that wild card into the main draw as well because he is feeling good about his game. Too much at stake. It scares me. Yeah, I, I would. I, I agree. I would. I would stay away. Yeah. All right. Next match. Dimitri Popko has been playing sweet of late, but Blaz Rola on paper is one of my favorite tennis players out there. The tall, lefty, machine-like Ty Tucker platform step. We've seen what he can do indoors. Stay away gambling-wise, but this is a fun match. Sneaky fun match. Yeah, I remember I, went, I, played, I was playing at Duke, and, and we saw Blas Rolla play for the first time. The guy was, I was like, oh, good God. This guy's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh, here we go. This guy's like left. He's hitting like a can, tight spiral, thank you. putting the ball like, Can't you agree? Watching him play, he did have a career high inside the top 80, but like, how is that guy not top 50? Yeah, look, look. Optically, it looks like he's you know stroke production wise and talent wise, it looks like he should be there. But I don't know. I have no idea that he's, he's still. He's, I don't know. I agree. Yeah, I agree. He came mm. on strong. He, he he did a right. I think was it right after college he he popped. Some, yeah, some good came games, out well. Yeah. But then it's tough. It's it's tough. But yeah, I, I don't know. I would stay away from this match. But yeah, Blazrola indoors. You know, I think he's got to be playing. Some decent tennis inside. And then the match of the day, obviously. Tommy yeah, Paul the last match Vashik. we want to get to. So TP Vashik. Vashik coming off of that Charlottesville Challenger. Indoors, guy's a monster with the serve. You know his pedigree. TP trying to end that year inside the top 100 so he doesn't have to worry about Australian Open qualities and maybe can get into some of those early ATP events in Australia. He survived today against Evan King. Uh, 6-2, 6-7, 7-6 now. I... I 
I want to talk about the bet, and I know I said we would keep today short, but I don't think we can end this podcast without talking about Evan King versus Tommy Paul today and what we both witnessed. <laughs> now, for listeners who haven't watched Evan King play before, let's just say Evan King, one of the most in, I want to say an infamous character in the tennis community. A lot of people who have played tennis at a high level know and think fondly of Evan King. And by the way, as a former Michigan Wolverine, I know Evan King a little bit. He was kind enough to come to some of our club practices. We've talked socially as well, of course. Uh, really great guy. So this is not meant to criticize him personally. I'm such a huge fan of his. But he is trying out a new mental tactic on court. And in order to you know, he, he doesn't like that he gets so frustrated himself. So in order to present a positive energy, in order to promote a positive energy from within himself, that he is literally screaming these things out loud. I mean, you are getting be positive or like you are amazing. All of these just different things, Kale. It is just I mean, it's why tennis is, has the most, you know, the highest unintentional comedy on the entire sports scales because you're it's just you out there, you can lose your mind. Yeah, you can. And, and Mike Cation talked about he had a dude coming back from Australia and he's probably <laughs> yeah. jet lagged and all that stuff. But the things he was yelling, he was just telling yourself, he's like, you're so positive. You're so positive out there. <laughs> be positive. Be positive. So positive. Crazy positive. Like this, like like going just and just yelling the entire time. And you saw the look on Tommy Paul's face. He's obviously laughed about it at the end. But Tommy's just like... You gotta be kidding me, dude. He's like, can't, I'm playing well right now. He's just, just let me win the match, dude. Just like, what, what's happening right now? And he kept going and just like, be positive, be positive, crazy positive, and just going. It was, I've never seen anything like it in my life. And <laughs> you're right. He's trying a completely new mental tactic. And Cation discussed this as well. The, you know, the effect. Like, all right, like, what? How? You know, how loudly can you talk to yourself? You're talking to yourself where your opponent can hear you the entire time. Are you sort of talking to your opponent as well? And it's just like crazy. I don't know. I don't know. What? What? What do you think? What? Are, we got. You got to talk. It was insane. It could be a rev, rev, groundbreaking revelation yeah. moment. Yeah. So time. here's the thing. It worked, right? Like he was down in that second set tiebreaker, and he it came back and won it twelve ten. Like, this, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is happening? You saw Tommy's <laughs> body language and energy level when that was happening, and he didn't get the match points. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was great. It's again, it's what makes tennis so much fun is because moments like this happen, and you're just like. What is going on here? And to his credit, you know, we are crack rackets. Evan King yesterday against Nathan Pond with lost the first set 7-5, ended up winning the match 5-7-6-4-6-2. But after that first set, just tomahawked a racket, like took it all out on the racket. And the change of strategy today, look, it's the end of the year. These players are delusional. Evan King, as you mentioned, and delusional just from the grind, right? We talked about that at the top. So it's full yep. circle now. But for Evan King, it's like, yeah, my mind's in, or my mind is in the off season. My body's still in Australia, and I'm expected to play this match right now. Like, what is going on? And yeah, whatever floats your boat, right? <laughs> he reminded he reminded me of Will Ferrell. In old school, when he I just got his body burned by crashing into the big circle circle of fire, and he goes, he goes, we can't have anyone freak out out there. We gotta keep our composure. No, it's literally like Happy Gilmore just being like, just give it a little tap, give it a little peppy tap tap, a little peppy tap. Go positive. Go in your hole. Keep your composure. 
again, we love you, EK. We really do. Uh, I will always be out there for my fellow Wolverines, but yeah, it was something. No, love I mean, him. He's so, he's so nice. He's so nice. I got to shoot baskets with him in Fairfield because there's really nothing, not much else to do there. They had a gym, though, and so we shot some hoops for a while. <laughs> I remember watching him play, man, at Kalamazoo. I would always go find when I was growing up, and I was lucky enough to get into a tournament that he was playing, and I would always make sure to go watch him play, especially in the 16s when he was you know 1-2 in the country. Just the way he moved around the court and hit the ball and lefty, took time away, did weird plays, could finish at the net. He was, I always made sure to watch him play when I had the chance. Well, speaking of basketball, I made two corner threes in my run tonight. Uh, I played really well. You know, I don't shoot threes, so big deal for me. Me making a three is always a bad bet, and the reason I say that is because I don't want... Adapt or die, dude. You know, you you watch Giannis play. The Clippers were playing Giannis tonight, and Giannis can't really shoot threes. And they just sag seven feet off of him, and then at that point when he drives, you have two people on him. And two people, even if you're Giannis, two people is better than one. So well, one person's not going to be better than two people, and it's just tough because you can sag well, six a, feet off. Well, I'm, A, I'm flattered for the Giannis comparison. I would say I agree. I am a young Giannis out there, but I play with you know, 30, 40, 50-year-olds, and I'm 24. So the fact that I have two knees is an inherent advantage over everyone. Um, so that I can shoot as well, that's just the full package. But the reason I say that is because, again, me making threes always a bad bet. Whenever we have you on, there's always good tennis betting discussion to have, uh, and that is what I want to do before we end. So, Westoff, I know I'm throwing this at you fast, but can I get a betting sound effect, please? God, I wonder what he's going to put. Maybe like something, I don't know, Wolf of Wall Street. Maybe just some sort of money, 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 money. Sounds like he money. should just do a cha-ching based on what you were telling me earlier. I can't wait to hear hear it. I've got my DraftKings up. Yeah, exactly. But okay, so we talked throughout this time, and I made a list of matches we agree on a winner. And I don't like to do over-unders. I don't like to do game spread. I just like to parlay people who I am sure are going to win. Uh, how do you think of that as a betting strategy? I think it's a good strategy, but I would love to know um, what contest you're going to enter on DraftKings <laughs> I will say the the my most successful bet of the year, or it was the I guess yeah Shanghai Masters and something WTA, and it was Ostapenko to win in the final, and then it was Virev to beat Berrettini and Medvedev to beat Tsitsipas to make the final of the tournament. Ostapenko fought off match points. She hits the <laughs> six to one bet for me in Westoff. It was beautiful. Um, but we've also had some stupid ones that I don't want to talk about. But with that in mind, again, the locks we said. Alex Dimenauer over Casper Rudd. That odds minus 500, but we agree. Lock, right? Yes. So I throw it in. Miomir Kasmanovic, you throw him in. Minus 275 over Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. Lock, right? Yep. All right, still not that interesting, so we keep going. Francis Tiafo, minus 195 to take out Mikhail Yimmer. We agree. Lock? I think it's a lock, but at 195 is, 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 is pretty steep. But, but yeah, absolutely throw it in. So again, we have three though now, and even though the odds for all three aren't that great, or aren't that great, you put them together, now the parlay gets interesting. But what, what, I only, what, what, I what are, where are we at that point in the parlay? I'm, I'm uh, about to know where you're I, finding I, these next-gen odds. Okay, these are all on DraftKings.com, the sports book. Um, what are we oh, at with that parlay? Okay, I'm going to ha- have to take some things out so that I know. Right now with our parlay, we are at plus 150. 
So then this last match, this is the one we disagreed on, but one we both think uh, could definitely, we could see something happen here, uh, given that he's in Italy. Yannick Sinner, he is minus 278 to take out Ugo Umbert. You want to throw him on? Yeah, you have to. He's like the foundation. He's the glue that holds this parlay together, Gruskin. Fine. So we throw him on. We have four next-gen winners. I think I definitely agree with you on three of them. Yannick, we can throw him right now. You bet 20 bucks, you win 68. So it's plus 240 odds. But that's pretty good payout, correct? Yes. Okay, so that's now let's have the real fun. Why I wanted to bring up Knoxville. So we both agree the locks of the day in terms of you think Nakashima is a lock. You say throw him in over Jills Brower, who had an upset today, the lefty, no matter what. He's minus 715. Throw him in. Throw him into the parlay, says Kale. I'm not one to say no. So now he's in the parlay. Our odds are bet 20, win 77. Uh, that is looking nice. So uh, now... Next bet. This is where it gets fun. Vashik Pospisil versus Tommy Paul. We talked about Tommy winning. We didn't talk about the preview. Vashik has played really well, but today against Sebastian Quarter, he was tight, uh, you know, picking at his back, which has obviously been an issue for him as of late. He's coming off of a challenger title last week, so he's played a bunch of tennis. Who do you like, him versus Tommy? Full health in a vacuum right now. I like Vashik indoors because he's hitting a humongous ball. And then Tommy's great, and he can handle pace. He's fantastic. But, I mean, Vasek, if he's going to serve 135 every time and hit a huge ball and volley as well as he does and move forward as well, Tommy can pass really well. But but just the, just the firepower indoors, it can get overwhelming if someone's bringing that kind of juice point in, point out indoors. It can feel like at a certain point you're not playing tennis. You're just sort of, you know, you're just sort of reacting. And I think Vasek, if he it... plays... If he plays well, but you say he's picking his back, and if he's frustrating, you know, he the guy's... You know, all at the same time, though, dude, the guy's just won two challenger titles in a row. He thinks he has a good chance to win three in a row. Imagine, like, we saw Yimmer jump up to 74 in the rankings, mostly on challengers. And so Vashik's like, all right, I can make some serious headway. And if he can avoid the ATP-level qualies for as much as he can, that that's, goes, that's worth its weight in gold, because those things are landmines. Uh, see, that's disappointing. So before I give my rebuttal, we agree Michael Moe over Roy Smith, right? Uh, I, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you on that one. So with these six locks, Dimenauer, Kasmanovich, Tiafo, Sinner, Nakashima, Moe, your odds, you bet 20, you win $89.11, uh, $89. so it's plus 346. The problem was, and so you hit the nail on the head, you had exactly what Vegas is thinking. Vashik Pasosil in his match with Tommy Paul. Vashik minus 180, Tommy Paul my, plus 135. Now, here's the case for Tommy. You know, last year, he's got a ton of the points to defend from them because he made a couple of challenger <laughs> His finals. He's fried after playing Evan King today, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is the problem is you know him better. You know him a little, so you've got some insight <laughs> here. But so, Tommy right here, plus 135 against Vashik. So, Tommy, the higher-ranked player, the number one seed in this event, Vashik being worn down. Let's say I talked you into Tommy. You throw him into the bet. You bet 20 it's bucks. Indoors, you now win. Man. Okay, but you bet 20 Tommy. bucks. You bet 20 bucks now on the seven-man parlay. You win $210. You're telling me... You are so confident that Vashik Pastwasil is going to beat Tommy Paul that you're willing to throw out a oh, bet two, uh, bet twenty, win two hundred dollar bet. It's just ten to one odds, and it makes sense. 
yeah, yeah. No, this it, is how it's Vegas worth wins. A shot. But at that point, you know, at that point, it's yeah, it's to gambling, and it's worth it for sure if you have if you can afford it for sure. Okay, so so would you rather do no Tommy Paul? You bet twenty, you win eighty nine on those six, or no, you bet Tommy no, no, Paul? no, no, never ever would do a six person parlay with those odds ever ever. You really you don't like uh, four to one or five to one? No, on light it on parlay? fire, just light it on fire. But what about a seven man? We parlay are so cocky. Pays? We're thinking to, we're, we're going to get four. Net four seven four man parlay okay so what's the better bet the the four next gens and it's a little smaller it's like a four to one bet or you throw in these challengers 20 bucks 200 dollar payout 10 to one odds and it makes sense kale we agree on six of the seven picks yeah and i and you at I that mean, point at that point call yeah, tommy don't call Tommy. This is how people get in trouble. Riley's going to call us out on Twitter. He's going to be like, you're not going to believe what Brian Kale Hammond sent me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm just kidding. All right. But it's enticing. This is why I don't call Rothman with these things. Cause he'd be like, do it. He's like, that makes total sense, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I've seen some, I've seen some, some bad things happen out there. And it's you don't you you know at the, when you're dealing with parlays like that at that point you know you're 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 in the clouds already. Yeah, exactly. All I'm saying is, if these seven people win, and I'm writing this down, taking a photo on my phone, this is what we passed up. Because if you're not in, I'm not in. Document it and then t- and then tweet it out. Have one of your unbelievable producers create a another amazing social media clip, that, which are, in my opinion, one of the best things you guys have done. Um, highlighting the segments because honestly, a lot of the stuff we talked about is stupid and pointless, and no one's going to want to listen to it. But when we <laughs> can pick out the best stuff and you, they tweet it out, it's it's really cool. No man, I think they're really going to like the next gen puns we did early on. I think they're going to be like, "This is a damn good pod." I was about to hang up. I was so close. <laughs> I was just like, "All right, well, I can't do this. Right now. I can't do." This. You I'm your boy? In, I'm not in pun mode right now. I really can't. It's 11 p.m. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I was just Fakina kidding you. Um, All right, no. But with that in mind, uh, let's wrap this bad boy up. Kale, again, you've been so busy. So for our listeners who want to hear more of your work, uh, see what you're up to down the home stretch, where can they find your stuff? Yeah, just follow tennis, um, you know, at tennis on Twitter. Uh, A lot of them posting two articles a day from there. And then follow me at Kale Hammond on whatever if if you want to. And that's it. That's all I've got. I'm just just been grinding, man. Just just predict, trying to predict these matches. And I'm I'm a hot on the next gen. Always love predicting next gen. And that's the last thing I guess we can end on. Gruskin, little uh, encore right here about the no ad. What do you think? Do you think it uh, makes a difference? Do you think it it makes things more random? Do you think it helps the good players? What are your thoughts? I think Alex Dimenauer wins no matter what. I think. In general, over a, a longer period, it would randomize results, but I think ultimately the better player ends up winning no matter what. I think the no ad on top of the shorter sets definitely can throw some things off, but like, has there really been a result that's shocked you from this tournament thus far? No, not at all. Sinner beat Tiafo a couple of weeks before, so that's probably the biggest on-paper upset, and like that yeah. wasn't an upset at all. So I would say no, but it, it's tough to say given the shorter format. Yeah, I know, but you see these stats at the end of the year, and it's like Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, they won like 54% of all points that they played. Yeah. And you're true. thinking about, okay, what points did they win? If it's if they lose almost half of them, they probably win the important 
big points that actually determine the outcome of the match, seeing as how they win every tournament and every Grand Slam. And if you make it no ad for Nadal or Djokovic, and they're getting that kind of breakpoint opportunity, they're going to win the bigger points more often. If you're creating more big points, they're going to win those more often because they win them anyway against their competition. So that's what I think. I think it's stupid and pointless, and it just takes the physicality out of it completely. And I think if you want to start a tennis league where people can be like John Daly and out of shape, just go no ad because, you know, whatever. (laughs) I think that sounds like a perfect think piece for the offseason. I think we should do the ear test rankings as a think piece as well, just people whose ball sounds the most magnificent in person. Please give me credit for that when you do that, though. Come on. No, no, no. I'm saying you should do that. That's a a tennis.com article for sure. Or, yeah, we'll have you on the pod and do it. I'm working on one right now. I'm working on one right now that's going to be coming out in a week about which NBA players can and cannot dunk a basketball. And I've talked to Riley. I've talked to Tommy. Or which tennis players? Yeah, which tennis players can and cannot dunk. And I've talked to Tommy and Riley, and I've gotten a lot of uh, information. I've got some nuggets out there, and I think it's going to be pretty funny. Some shocking, (laughs) shocking people that, that can cannot dunk and people that can barely dunk apparently oh that sounds like sam query sam query screams i can barely dunk um but with that in mind you know we look forward to that we look forward of course uh, to all of the coverage at tennis.com and if you've missed anything listeners you need to catch up on the action be sure to check out that website as well as our website crackedrackets.com you know on the podcast front by now this podcast the great shot podcast where we're doing our best of the decade series cracked interviews it's college tennis time a ton of guests from the college universe ashley Leahy, uh brandon nakashima although maybe not from the college universe for long but paul jubb all these different guys so go give those a list listen like rate subscribe review it's 15 seconds it really doesn't take much time and also just get it out of the way and i'll stop bringing it up shout out as always to the super producers max fligner and daniel westoff who have an editing job to do and just week in week out the consistency we just appreciate it so much boys but with that in mind for my wonderful co-host and our insider from tennis.com kale hammond for our super producers max fligner and daniel westoff and from our entire teams at both tennis channel or at both the tennis channel podcast network and crack Rackets. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Kale, what do we tell the listeners? That's a break, my friend. And we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, Kale.